Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics, because that's who we are. Hey, by the book listeners, Kristen here. Did you know that you can receive a weekly by the book affirmation mini-sode plus the rules of every book that we've lived by? It's easy. All you have to do is become a member of our Patreon community. To learn more, go to patreon.com slash listen to buy the book. Again, that's patreon.com slash listen to buy the book, or just look at the episode description from today's show. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So, maybe listen on headphones if you're at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Hey, Kristen. I am so glad we're taping today. Why is that? Because my week doesn't feel complete unless we have a taping. So, taping is kind of like a, like a weekly ritual for you, isn't it? I guess you could say that, yeah. And did you know that some people think rituals are really powerful? Oh, yes, I know. Some people think that. And those people tend to write books, and then listeners tend to vote for those books, and then we tend to live by those books. Is that right? That is right. <laughs> and we're about to do it, because I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. And this is By the Book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed our lives. And for this, our ninth season, we are living exclusively by self-help guides that you, 
our beloved listeners have selected for us to live by. And today, we are living by the power of ritual, turning everyday activities into soulful practices by Casper Turkile. Casper Turkile is a co-host of the podcast Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, a ministry innovation fellow at Harvard Divinity School, a co-founder of the startup Sacred Design Lab, and former director of possibility at the On Being Impact Lab. Growing up gay in a hypermasculine, heteronormative English boarding school, he often felt lonely and longed for a sense of connection. To soothe himself, he created rituals. For example, always watching You've Got Mail alone with a tub of praline and cream Haagen-Dazs ice cream. As an adult, he researched how people were building communities of meaning in secular spaces. And it turned out that many of them were doing it in the same way he was, through ritual. Casper Turkile's research led to a paper called How We Gather, and eventually to his debut book, The Power of Ritual, Turning Everyday Activities into Soulful Practices. Casper Turkile opens The Power of Ritual with a reminder that we live in an era of rapid religious change, with 40% of American millennials now claiming no religious identity, and many others claiming multiple identities. But he reminds us, this isn't a bad thing. Religious traditions that were supposed to serve us have often failed. Worse, many have actively excluded us. But in the absence of traditional religion, many people find themselves struggling to find and sustain deep connections with others or with something bigger than themselves. And for a lot of us, our technological landscape adds to this sense of isolation rather than alleviates it. The result, according to multiple studies, we're lonelier than in decades past, and this loneliness is making us more defensive, less empathetic, and significantly less healthy than we would be otherwise. Yet despite the dire warnings, Casper Turkile believes there's hope, his solution, to take things we do every day and layer meaning and ritual into them, even experiences as ordinary as reading and eating, by thinking of them as spiritual practices— over time, with intention, attention, and repetition, he says these rituals have the power to deepen our relationships with others and speak to our hunger for meaning. Here's how you do it. Step one, connect with yourself. Practice sacred reading by reading not just to escape from the world, but to learn ways to live in it more deeply with kindness, empathy, curiosity, and self-awareness. Practice Sabbath time, setting rules about when you will or won't do certain things like using your phone. And as you connect with yourself, be at peace with your solitude and remember that you're good enough as you are. Step two, connect with others. Throw a regular dinner party as a way to build community and be sure your gathering includes a ritual, like a moment of thanks or a toast. Also, try exercising with others as a sacred practice. Exercise helps us to let go and when we're doing it in a group, it can make us feel as though we belong to something bigger. Step three, connect with nature. Spend time in nature to shift your priorities away from self-involvement. Live in the moment and feel truly at home in the world. Go on a pilgrimage to a gravesite, a natural wonder, or even around the block. Just do it with intention. Celebrate the seasons by honoring holidays like the first day of winter, the opening day of baseball, or festivals from the movies. And as you connect with nature, acknowledge that you are intertwined with the outside world and everyone who's occupied the earth before you. Step four, connect with transcendence. To connect to your innermost truths, adopt a four-part prayer ritual made up of adoration, contrition, thanksgiving, and supplication. In your adoration prayers, aim to be connected to something bigger than yourself. 
In your contrition prayers, acknowledge the ways you've fallen short and hurt others. In your thanksgiving prayers, list the people and things you're grateful for. And in your supplication prayers, wish for good things for yourself and others. You can partake in your prayer practice in the shower, before you fall asleep, by journaling, with friends, or in any other way you like. Step five, put together your rule of life. Think of the virtues and intentions you want to live out. It could be as few as three or as many as 30. In Casper Turkile's case, it was the four steps that make up the majority of his book. For each of your intentions, write out a few notes about why it's important to you. Share your intentions with others. Then commit to honoring them through rituals that work for you. That's what the book says. And so that's what we did for two weeks straight. All right, Kristen, let's start with you. I would love to hear about your first week of living by the power of ritual. How powerful did it get? (laughs) How did you start? Well, I decided to connect with a friend through exercise, and I did it in nature because that sounded like the funnest, easiest way to start. Okay, so connecting with a friend, connecting with others, that is step two, and connecting to nature is step three. We got a combo on our hands. Yes, we do. And warning, there are a lot of combos coming up in my case, lots and lots of overlap. So. For this one, I invited my friend Kim for a walk in Prospect Park, but I want to make something clear. This was not my standard Kristen Meinzer walk with a friend where I break a sweat and I walk five miles per hour. No, 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 no. In this case, Kim was on the road to recovery after three weeks with COVID, so we agreed it would be a slow, meandering, gentle walk, and uh, I used all my willpower to go at that pace with her and just live in the moment. Listen. Which way do you want to go? Um... This is your call. This is your first big walk since COVID. Do you want to go left or do you want to go toward those trees? Uh, Let's go towards the trees. Actually, let's go this way. I never go this way. (laughs) There's actually a really pretty waterfall this way. Ooh. Well, I like this direction because it feels much more like you're in the wilderness. Yeah. There are less people that go this way. And look how beautiful the sky is today. It's just so blue and all of the trees are just reaching out their branches. So I feel like I'm not in New York City. Wow, 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 wow. Kristen, I'm very proud of you following Kim's lead. I know that that technically isn't something you do very often. That's not a normal (laughs) occurrence for you. Normally, when you walk with Kristen in the city, it's like quite fast and she knows the best way. Uh, So you're following her. And you got to see a waterfall because you went somewhere different. So like, yay. Yes. And I got to say, I had a great time. I had Mm -hmm. so much fun on this walk. Despite my initial concerns, it ended up being so much fun. Kim and I caught up on our lives, on the good, on the bad. And we saw so many things that we probably wouldn't have seen if we were zipping along at my usual speed. Mm, Nice, nice. I love it. So what did you do after that? Well, I did more of two and three, but this time I folded in a pilgrimage. My friend TJ told me about a Michelin-rated bakery in his neighborhood that sells a secret one-time donut once a week at 3 p.m. What? And customers line up around the block, and we decided we wanted to be a part of it. So we arrived half an hour early, and we somehow managed to be the very first people in line And here we are afterward walking back to his stoop with our donuts in hand. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my god, there's so many people online. But we got it. We got our donuts. Do you feel like we just did something like iconic? I feel like we just did something iconic. I kind of feel like I won the lottery. Yeah, me too. I've tried a couple times, but I'm always a little too late, so. But we did it. Success. Yay! <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. That sounds like a beautiful cityscape and like almost pre-COVID days when going to like the trendy restaurant or like food cart pop-up is the equivalent of like getting into like the hottest club. (laughs) Exactly. It totally felt like that, Jolenta. It totally felt like that. And plus eating, they say in the book, (gasps) is a good way to connect with friends. Yeah. And you ate that donut, I'm assuming was a good oh my god thank you for pointing that out yes we sat right there on his stoop and we ate our donuts it was like a little dinner party on his stoop so what flavor was it it was mexican hot chocolate and it was so freaking good i'm not even a huge chocolate fan but it was delicious it was a little spicy a little sweet a little creamy it was all the things so yum 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 yes so (laughs) that pilgrimage went so well that after that, I felt ready to do some more uh, spiritual things without somebody else holding my hand. Uh, Would that be step one, connecting with yourself? Yes, exactly. And I began by doing something that completely took Dean off guard. Listen. Oh, you're reading a book. I am, yeah. Is it book club tomorrow? Wait, no, it's Thursday. What is your book club on a Friday? No, book club is not for two more weeks. I am... And what are you doing reading a sci-fi book? You never (laughs) read a book before the day, before the book club. That's just not how you roll. I I just... What have you done with my wife? I decided I wanted to treat this more like an experience and less like an assignment and to not cram and stay up all night the night before book club. So, yeah. And get a third of the way through your book. I mean, you couldn't have picked a better one, Octavia Butler. I mean, this is awesome. Is this the one where uh, she goes back in time and discovers that she has uh, power from the... Wow, wow, wow. Kristen, reading for pleasure, not sprinting to get ready for book club, but just like taking some Kristen time. Yes, I was. And yeah, I I love a deadline, but usually I work like minutes before the deadline, as you know, Jolenta. So Mm -hmm. very unusual for me, but I totally let myself get immersed in that book. I sure did. Yeah. Octavia Butler. I can see why she's a sci-fi legend. I was totally into it. Yeah, real deal. And after that, I decided I would end the week with one last pilgrimage, again, just for myself, Mm -hmm. to the Brooklyn Bridge. Now, this is a place that's not out of the way for you. Like, you've gone to the Brooklyn Bridge, walked over it many a time in your life. Sometimes it's like your commute. Sometimes it's a workout. Sometimes it's with friends. Like, you've done this hundreds of times. Is that a pilgrimage? All very valid points, Jolenta. All of that is true. But... Our author, Casper, says it's all about intention, and so I went in with intention. Listen. I am walking across the Brooklyn Bridge because I decided to make this a pilgrimage. A pilgrimage not to enjoy the weather or the view, but just to enjoy the bridge itself and the beauty of the bridge. And I'm going to actually stop and look at the placards on the bridge, which I never do. Okay, here they are. Engineers, John A. Roebling, 1869, Washington A. Roebling. Let's see if his wife is honored here. She had to finish the project for him, if I remember correctly, because he died. Uh, Do I see any women's names on this placard? 
I don't. I don't. Or maybe I'm just not looking closely enough. I, I, I don't. I don't see anything like that. But I do see the way the light is hitting the bridge. And I'm looking up at parts of the bridge I've never really looked up at before. And that's really nice. It looks almost like an arched cathedral underneath. And I don't think I've ever really just looked up at how beautiful that is before. I like it. I like it. Reading a placard to me is always doing something different because <laughs> who reads the placards? There's a placard on like the building next to mine. I'm like, I'm sure I'd be interested in what that says. <laughs> so, okay. Intention noted, especially when you said it felt like a cathedral, like, ooh, so ritualistic. Casper would be so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. And to be honest, it almost felt like Sabbath time up there. And reminder, Sabbath time is part of step one also. That is true. And do you know what they say about Sabbath time, Jolenta? It falls at the end of the week. So that means it's time for me to stop talking about myself here and start talking about you and how you went about living by the power of ritual. How did you start off your first week? Well, Kristen, I went in order for this one. Nice. So I started with good old step one. That would be connecting with yourself. Mm -hmm. And for this, I tried two different things. First, I connected with myself by doing some reading. And the book says you can pick one passage every day and kind of like meditate on it as a way to connect with yourself. And the book also says to follow your interests. So I leaned into that hard and I decided I'd read one Real Housewife tagline every day in order to connect with myself. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Bravo has this great little site that lists like every tagline and you can sort of flip through them like slides and each day I'd pop one up and I'd think about how it made me feel, you know, what the intention was, uh, how I related or didn't relate, etc. And uh, here's a compilation of some of the first few taglines I spent time with. I may be an actress, but that doesn't mean I'll stick to your script. (laughs) Throw me to the wolves and I shall return leading the pack. My lips were made for talking and that's just what they'll do. People may think they have me figured out, but I'm always the wild card. My yacht may have sailed, but my ship is coming in. Ooh, Jolenta, listen to you and that yacht sailing. Your ship is coming in. What does it mean? (laughs) I don't know, but that's something to think about. (laughs) And like, I have to be honest, I did like starting my day with these. That's how I usually read them at the beginning of the day. And I liked making something I would normally do, like digging around online, looking at things like old housewives taglines into something that was contemplative and that I could consider an act of self-care instead of like a tacky trash habit that I'm wasting my time with. Nice. And what did you do after that? The second thing I did for step one was explore the idea of Sabbath, like we Mm. talked about with you. So I didn't want to do like a tech-free day the way Casper Turkile does in the book. I can't do a tech-free day. That's too much for me. Like, my phone is my baby. We all know this. So I decided I would write up some rules around some small Sabbath-like breaks that I take almost every day, a.k.a. my naps. Because as we know, I'm still dealing with lupus. Still makes me really fucking tired. 
And I often think of the naps that I take as like little admissions of failure every day. They're sort of like a tangible act that says like, I can't actually make it through the day like I should be able to. And this book says we should build on the things we already do. So I wanted to see if I could make my naps feel more like restorative, less failure-y. So I made nap Sabbath rules. And this is what I came up with. Put your phone on Do Not Disturb. Set an alarm for no more than two hours. Any more than that and you get cranky. Turn on (laughs) your white noise machine. Set it to rain sounds. Enjoy your nap. Upon waking, change your clothes. Eat a few apple slices and drink some water before looking at your phone and then catching up on what you missed. Oh, I like how concrete those rules are. Concrete, doable, kind of what you're doing already, but now it's more structured. Right. Very nice. Exactly. And these rules definitely helped make my naps run smoother and took a lot of the guilt off my shoulders. Like I wasn't fucking up or tapping out. I was taking my nap Sabbath and I was going to follow the rules and like be a success. Love it. And what did you do after that? After that, it was time for step two. That is connecting with others. Mm -hmm. And because uh, I still have no immune system, I focused on connecting with the two people that are directly in my orbit all the time. And that would be my mother and Brad. Ah. And for Brad, I started by offering nightly screenings with snacks. Ooh, that is every night of the week for me, watching TV (laughs) and eating cheese. Right, that's true. Wait, I should just move in with you. (laughs) I set up like a little meal or dessert, and uh, I would invite Brad to watch whatever was streaming live on Bravo that evening, again with the Bravo. I'm sorry, Kristen. Um, And to make it feel official, like a real plan, I would announce the evening's offering like earlier in the day and make a big fanfare when Brad arrived like this. Welcome to my Real Housewives of New Jersey premiere pizza party. Wow. Thank Um, you for having me. So glad you could make it. I'm really, really excited. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Dolenta, I love it. Again, it's almost like being at my house, only a different TV channel. Right, right. I'm into it. And like Brad was into it. It was fun to make it, again, intentional. So it's not like, uh, here we go, like sliding into our old trash habit. But like, ooh, it's a party. It's special. <laughs> Let's talk and connect. And like we did have fun talking in the commercial breaks and like eating together. It was a good time. Nice. And what did you do after that then? Well, I just did some more connecting with others over food because who doesn't love that? And I made dinner with my mom an official thing. Ooh. We decided we would officially have a weekly dinner on either Friday or Sunday night, depending on like work and like life schedules. And while we ate, there would be no TV allowed, just conversation. I love it. Oh my gosh. I feel like Casper would be so proud of you right now. Right, right. That's so great. And like, I have to say the no TV thing has always been a rule of my mom since I was like a kid, just like the TV goes off at dinner. So like technically all credit goes to her for that part, but new rule. (laughs) (laughs) And so that Friday, my mom came over with a hot dish (gasps) that was ready to be popped into the oven. Hello, Minnesota in the house. 
house. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. And here we are taking a hot dish out once it was baked. It's something you oh, would yeah, tell me to do. Perfect. Perfect? Yeah. You don't want it any. Shut up. <laughs> Let's take her out and set her on a grill. Oh, man. really trying not to overcook the pasta because a lot of times it ends up too soft but there's you can only do so much right no oh listen that crunch okay i gotta know what kind of hot dish is this what was it so this was like her italian hot dish a sort of like baked ziti type Mm. like you make your red gravy, you get some meat going, you just throw in a bunch of like semi-cooked pasta noodles, throw some cheese on, and it's oh, sort of a like baked Yum. Seat. A classic. Mm-hmm. A classic. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds so good. And how was it when you actually just sat down, the two of you, and had your little ritualistic dinner party? It was so much fun. We obviously talked about the food and how good it was and, you know, just caught up on life and we connected. It was so nice to like actually carve out the time, make it intentional and like plan for the future. So overall, totally loved it. And it was such a nice and very yummy way to end my first week. Oh, well, that sounds fantastic, and I can hardly wait to hear what you do in week two, because that is such a strong start. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to top that. We'll see. Mm, I may. I may. <laughs> but before we get to our second weeks, we want to hear from you. Have you lived by the power of ritual? Did you vote for it? Why? Do you love it? Do you not love it? Share your stories with us in our private Facebook group. It is full of really good conversations facebook.com slash groups slash btb pod or you can always email us at kristen and jalenta at gmail.com on may 10th kingdom of the planet of the apes is coming to imax and theaters everywhere This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. All right, Kristen, we are back and we are talking rituals, the power of them, to be specific. (laughs) I would love to hear about your second week living by the power of ritual. Tell me about it. How did it go? 
Well, I started off by celebrating the seasons. Ah, and celebrating seasons is part of step three, connecting with nature. Yes. And as you know, Jolenta, we were hit with a crazy blizzard at the beginning of week two. And I decided to go out late that first night of snow to enjoy it. I'm walking in the snow need to be the first person to step in this beautiful white snow today, but I did want to beat all of the, you know, brown snow and yellow snow of the city and just, damn it. Ugh, damn it. Why are there sirens? You're ruining my groove. Come on. I'm trying to be enjoying the sacred moment. Oh God, that's the wrong answer. I hope everybody is okay. I hope everyone's getting the help they need. And hopefully that siren I'm hearing is a sign that people are getting the help they need. So just going to try to enjoy this moment and not worry about that. Enjoy this beautiful first giant snow of the year. Kristen, I like that you're talking yourself down. And to me, at least at the end there, it sounds like you're doing a bit of step four, connecting with transcendence, you know, remembering like you're a small part of a whole. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Yeah, it was almost like a little prayer. And it's something that I have done pretty much my whole life. When a siren goes by, I'm almost always irritated initially. But then I try to remember that siren is probably because somebody might not be okay and to try and take a moment to remember them. And I never really thought of that as a ritual. But it Mm, is something mm -hmm. I do all the time. And I've decided from now on, that is a ritual of transcendence. Wishing well on somebody who needs an ambulance, that's the least we can do, right? Totally. Totally. What a no-brainer. Much better than just being mad at the siren. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way more constructive and like kind of sweet. Yeah. And it did make my walk better. I I walked for Mm, a solid hour after that and just looked up at the snow falling past the streetlights and the tree branches filling up with snow. It was really beautiful. So it, it ended up being a nice late night walk. Good, good. What did you do after that? Well, the next morning, I got ready to enjoy a far less fun part of the snow, shoveling it. And Yay! Yes, as you know, Jolenta, we had like, I don't know, eight inches, ten inches. There was a lot of yeah, snow. Yeah, it was like a good little dump. Yeah, so I bundled up and I headed down to the stoop. But when I got there, I was surprised to find that one of my neighbors was already partway through shoveling our sidewalk and stairs. Ooh. And the two of us chatted and shoveled together for the next 15 minutes. But then when he realized I'd accidentally left my gloves upstairs and was shoveling the whole time just with my bare hands, he begged me to go back inside so he could finish the job. Listen. That is so kind of you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You know, it's a workout. That's a great way to look at it. Thank you so much. I'm sorry, what is your name? Nick, Nick. Nick, Nick, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Oh, I'm Kristen, by the way. I live here. And Jolenta, that is not all. I just have to follow this up by saying... Old man Nick, who it turns out lives around the corner from me and owns the Italian restaurant just a few doors down, uh, he was not the only one who was helping out that day. Because later on, I went downstairs just to see if any of the snow had turned to ice. And my neighbor, Tim, next door, he was already putting down salt on my stoop for me. 
No way. I just was blown away by how kind all of my neighbors were being. And in a perfect non-COVID world, I would then invite them in for coffee or hot chocolate or some form of the dinner party sort of ritual that Casper talks about in the book. Because of COVID, I can't do that. But when the weather is nicer, Dean and I said, we will go to Nick's restaurant, eat outside, and leave him at least a 100% tip because yes. that's the least we can do, right? Totally. And hopefully that makes up for the lack of dinner party. I think it will. I think it will. And then after that, I felt inspired to do step five. And that is put together your rule of life. Yes. And I really only wanted to have one rule to keep things simple and to keep me centered. I felt the same way. Oh, good. Oh, good. And based on everything that had happened with the shoveling and the neighbors and so on, I decided that my one rule would be to just do one thing every day to make someone else's life better. And I figured that doing that one thing would give me a lot of what this book tries to give us. It would give me connection with others. It would give me a chance to connect with myself. It would give me a feeling of something sacred, a connection with something bigger than me, the feeling that I have things to be thankful for. I have things to give. And so Mm -hmm. after that, later that day, I set out to live by my rule of life. Listen, I feel like a walking cliche because it is slushy, it is messy, it is cold, it is slippery. And I just helped an elderly woman cross the street with her groceries, which, uh, I kid you not, that's something I actually just did. It doesn't just happen in 1950s old-timey movies. I just did it, and I feel great. That was awesome. I don't know if sacred is the word for it, but it felt really good. Oh, that's so nice. And that's so you. Such a like transcendent moment, if you ask me, for Kristen. Um, and I think for anyone. And of course, it ended up being like out of a fucking Lifetime movie. <laughs> of course, that's what happens when Kristen gets into the power of ritual. Oh, it was really wonderful, Jolenta. It really was. Like, if you weren't already with Dean, you would have had a meet cute after that and been like, and then I tripped in this, like, handsome man who just moved back from a small town. <laughs> this maple syrup maker is moving to the big city to start an artisanal yes, maple syrup exactly. factory right here on my street. Sorry, Dean. <laughs> this is just a fantasy. <laughs> I love it. Well... It was a great end to my second week. I got to say, it really was. I felt like I was in a movie. I felt so happy. It was fantastic. Oh, love it. But Jolenta, we need to get back to you. You left on such a high note. That dinner party with your mom, connecting with yourself, connecting with food, all of that great stuff. Mm -hmm. Let's hear if the second week is as good as the first. Tell us, how did you start off? I copied you, Kristen. I started my second week with step three. Ooh, that's connecting with nature. Mm-hmm. And I thought this one was going to be easy because, like you said, we got like a fresh dump of snow. And I was like, I'm obviously going to go celebrate the season and play in the snow. Nice, nice. So I didn't go for the late night walk. I went for the early morning walk and I suited myself all up. Brad got all suited up to come with me. Frank got all suited up in his little dog puffy coat. 
And <laughs> we were just going to go walk through the snow and enjoy it. And like in New York, when there's been like a good dump of snow before the streets are plowed, while everything's like still kind of fresh, there's sort of this unwritten rule where a lot of people just like let their dogs off leash because like there are no cars and like no one cares and the dogs love to frolic. So we were like, we're going to let Frank go wild, treat him to an off leash frolic. But when we got outside, Frank had other plans. Frank! He's running home. Where are you going? He's running away home. Oh, Frank, no! No, Frank, don't run home. Enjoy this moment in the snow. Right? We took Frank on his leash, like, down to the end of the block to make sure he did his business. And the second we let him off leash, he sprinted down the street, like, didn't look back once while we were yelling, ran all (laughs) the way to our building, and then stood in front of our front door barking to be let into the building. Oh, Frank. So it was fun, but Frank was not feeling the season. (laughs) (laughs) so what did you do after that after that i moved on to step four that would be connecting with transcendence and for this i came up with a little evening transcendence rule and the book says you can make like a four-part prayer to get like all transcendent and so that's what i did i came up with this little four-part ritual so for adoration i copied the book and incorporated massage because casper der kyle says like massages decenter you and can thus help like in your adoration this makes no sense to me but i like massages and got a theragun and so I was like, an excuse to use it. Great. <laughs> For contrition, I would set out this like rose quartz while I did my little massage that my friend Vicky gave me because it's supposed to be healing. And I think of like sending healing vibes towards people and situations and things that perhaps I've fallen short on or perhaps I just want to like send good vibes to you. For Thanksgiving, I put out this other crystal. It's a two-crystal ritual, Kristen. (laughs) Um, It's just a regular quartz crystal. It's sometimes known as a seeker stone, though, because it's a quartz that and sort of smoothed and polished and like rolled in a river and it's created this like frosty outside and then you cut like one side of it so you can see under the frost into all the cool crystally designs inside and so I would like look into that crystal and think of all the things I'm grateful for because why not I don't know why I chose that crystal it just felt right at the time maybe because you were thankful for how pretty that crystal was right yeah exactly and like <laughs> nature is a gift and like this is a miracle from a river like I got way into it For supplication, I lit a nice candle because candles and wishing go together in my mind. Perhaps it's because of the American birthday tradition, but I don't care. (laughs) Why not light a candle and like wish people well, send out good vibes and like send myself some well wishes too, right? I really love how you took things that were so completely Jolenta Greenberg and just folded them in with intention. Things that Mm -hmm. were already who you are. There you go. You did it. Thank you. Exactly. So I would do that every night. Basically, I would take the time. I would always sort of rub my butt with a Theragun and then like put out some crystals and candles every time I did it. And what did you do after that? 
After that, I put together my rule of life, Kristen. Ah, yes. Good old step five. I want to hear your rules. So yeah, one night after my transcendence ritual, I wrote out some thoughts about what I'd been thinking about over the past two weeks, and I did come up with three rules of life, the bare minimum. The book says it's good to share what you come up with with a loved one, so I grabbed Brad and I ran my rules by him to see what he thought. You want to hear my rules of life? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, please. All right. Here they are. Make time for healing. It's important. Good. Makes sense. Rest is an accomplishment in itself. That's true, especially for you. Yeah. And love is restorative. Nurture it and it'll nurture you back. That's really good. You wrote these? Yeah, I wrote those. These are great. Yeah? Yeah. Like. It's like additive. Yeah. It like doesn't subtract. It doesn't take away from you. It actually nurtures you and brings you forward. I like that. Good. Great. Good philosophy. These are my rules of life. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's it? Yeah. Those are all the rules? It says like minimum of three and I shot for the minimum. (laughs) (laughs) You know me. That should be a rule right there. The minimum (laughs) is just fine. Obey the minimum number of rules. Shooting for the minimum, Kristen. That's (laughs) apparently the secret fourth rule. (laughs) Well, as you heard, I did not acknowledge even the minimum. So there you go. Hey. (laughs) Or like shoot for under the minimum. Go wild. (laughs) That's rule five. In total combined, I think we have enough rules, right? Right. We have plenty. And like... (laughs) So those are nice sentiments, right? Like, I'm proud I thought of them. Brad asked if I wrote them, which made me feel like I, like, come up with something profound. So that's good. (laughs) (laughs) He was impressed. Yes. Impressing him that at least I can end on that high note, right? Well, it sounds like that entire experience was a high note, but I don't want to put words in your mouth because that's something you have to decide for yourself during the verdict, right? Right. And we're not even there yet. First, we're going to take a break. Yes. But while we're on break, a reminder, we love it when you rate and review us in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. So take a moment if you can. It only takes a moment and give us those five stars. We'll be right back. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Okie doke. Kristen, verdict time. I'm very curious to hear about your verdict. 
I didn't hear much resistance in those audio diaries. (laughs) So what have you got to say? I'm just going to say it loud and proud. I loved this book. I loved it. The steps he laid out were clear and manageable. It encouraged me to connect more with my neighbors, like neighbors who I never connect with, and with my friends. It gave me motivation to experience the world around me with more mindfulness. It helped me get out of my critical mind. Like, remember when that ambulance was coming by? And I'm like, totally, yes. You know what? I I can take a moment to care about others rather than be mad about the sound. And I do that a lot, but I've never really thought about what I'm doing there and why it's a useful thing Mm -hmm. and why that's a good ritual to have. So I really appreciated all the things the book was pointing out that I already do to self-soothe and the things Mm -hmm. that I do that I could put more intention into to feel better. So yeah, it made me feel happier and I really enjoyed the experience. However, I will say this though, Uh even though I enjoyed the book a lot, I could see it not working for everyone. My husband, Dean, for example, you noticed he wasn't in this episode very much. Yeah, like barely. Yeah, and the reason why is Dean is very much an atheist. He does not even see himself as spiritual. And the terminology of this book alone is a huge turnoff for people like him. There's a lot of like religious terminology. Yes, Ritual, sacred, transcendence, prayer, supplication, all of these things. Yeah. Huge turnoff for Dean, and that's why he's barely in this episode at all. And um, full disclosure, a lot of those aren't really part of my vocabulary either. They're not really favorite words of mine. So if you're like Dean, or even if you're just a little bit less woo than I am, and I'm not very woo at all, I'd suggest steer clear of this book. This book is probably going to be a huge turnoff for you. But everyone else, I'd say check it out. It might make your life a little bit better. And uh, I do want to also say this. You do not have to love Harry Potter or listen to Casper's podcast to enjoy it. I've mm-hmm. never listened to his podcast, and I'm not a Harry Potter fan, and I still really enjoyed this book. So good, there you good. go. I was wondering about, like, the Harry Potter references, but I was like, they keep them, like, light enough and explain enough around it that it should all make sense. And you you are not that into it. So I'm glad it tracked for you. Yeah. But, Jolanta, what about you? I want to know, it sounds to me from the outside like you really enjoyed this book, but what's your verdict? Well, Kristen, I did not. Really love reading this book. (laughs) Really? I don't know. Maybe it was just the mood I was in. Like, I was not relating to the personal stories. And I liked that the research was well-cited and clear and, like, things were laid out well. But I just wasn't connecting for some reason with me. While reading it, I kept worrying about, like, there's the fine line between, like, borrowing and appropriating. And, like, are we taking too much from, like, Buddhist traditions or Jewish traditions and not, like, honoring that, like, for what it is? But also, the author does a very good job of making clear, like, where these traditions come from. So, like, I just felt like a little wishy-washy while reading it. That all being said, the advice in this book seems to be sound as fuck because, like, (laughs) my life was totally more enjoyable. It made my interactions with people more meaningful. And it helped me form some, like, pretty sound thoughts about life that would probably do me some good. So I have to say it improved my life. You know, it helped me appreciate things I'm already doing and, like, sort of put intention behind it instead of blame and chastising. So I recommend it. But I didn't love reading it. All right. So overall, even with a few misgivings, it sounds like we agree that this is a good book. Agreed. Or at least 
good for us, but not for Dean. And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge thanks to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, our producers, Brandon Nix, Corinne Wallace, Chantal Holder, and Daisy Rosario, and our engineer, Marcus Hom. Thanks also to Nate Whita, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos for performing it, or I should say, rocking it. And don't forget to stay in touch with us. Let us know what you think of the books we're living by. Have you lived by them? Did we live by it wrong? Let us know. You can hit us up at kristenandjalenta at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at ByTheBookPod and Instagram at ByTheBookPod. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalenta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, universe. Thank you, nature. Thank you, friends. Bye-bye. Stitcher. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.